welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for The Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey guys, we're here with Sheena. I got to tell you a funny story. So Sheena and I already did this interview one time, uh, (laughs) but silly me did not have it set up to automatically record on Zoom, which is what I've been using. And I forgot to record it. So we had this really kick-ass like interview. And then at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot (laughs) to press record. I was so embarrassed. But Sheena was so gracious. It's just like, it's happened to me before. So now we're redoing this. And and I'm sure it's going to be just as awesome, if not more awesome, because now we've had practice. <laughs> we get to do it again. Um, so Sheena is a classically trained ballerina, millennial, idea creator, and community-focused collaborator who believes in taking cookies out of the oven two minutes early. And like I told you before, I agree. I like my cookies a little chewy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a sailboat living yogi. And that's right, guys. Sailboat living. Not just loving, living. With attitude who enjoys poetry, popcorn, and randomly planting vegetables for strangers to discover later. Kova Biz Magazine's Millennial on the Move. Sheena has started three businesses and many outreach programs, including a dance program for mentoring children of prisoners. She is the chief experience officer for Well Women Incorporated, the founder of Story Exchange, and the editor-in-chief for Ballet Shoes and Bobby Pins. And so the reason I asked Sheena, Sheena and I, and I have been friends on Facebook forever, I feel. Yes. And soon we're going to get together yes. um, and have wine on our boat or something. So <laughs> it's, it's, gonna, it's in the works. Um, but I asked Sheena to come on the podcast because recently she made a huge transition and it's exciting and I love seeing her stories. So Sheena, could you share with us what like has happened? It's been in like, it's been six months, right? Like around six months since it happened? Well, it's only, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, let's go way back though. We uh, bought the boat a year ago, so we've had it for a year in our life and we were living part-time on the sailboat and part-time on land. And we finally got to a point where we said, why are we paying for dual lives here? You know, we're paying a, a home mortgage. And we're also paying, you know, a boat rental slip. So we said, what are we, what's holding us back? And we couldn't think of anything holding us back. So we said, let's sell everything that we have. Let's rent out the beach condo and let's move on to the sailboat full time. And that happened only a month ago. So it's still fresh and new. <laughs> That's awesome. I know it was probably about six months ago that you cleared house. Like you got rid of all of the things. Yes. That happened, started happening about six months ago. We had to go through all of the clothes, all of the stuff in the kitchen, the furniture. We had to find new homes for all of these things and new families to show them some love. So we started that about six months ago, just uh, putting things in bags and boxes and finding families and delivering them and you know, dropping off a queen bed here and, and dropping off a grill here and just finding people that needed it and would show it some love after after, after we didn't need it anymore. Was that hard for you? Like, did some stuff come up for you when you're trying to do that? 
Oh, yes. It's funny how connected and emotionally um, connected you are with this stuff. You know, it's you spend your money to buy all of this stuff and then you somehow get emotionally connected to it. And then when it's time to let it go, you're just, you know, like, no, I don't want to leave my bed and I've loved my bed and I love this shelf or um, all of these different things that you get connected to and or this wooden spoon and, you know, going through it and saying, why do I love it? And, you know, do I still love it enough to take it on to a small sailboat with me, you know, and going through that process, it really shows you what you love, what you care for and, and what you don't need. So how did you make those decisions? Like, how did you say, this is what I'm keeping and this is what I'm not keeping? The end of story. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just, I, I can't think of my house full of crap that I'm attached to. <laughs> like, right. I had a hard time just going through my closet the other day and being like, my husband's like, you have a lot of clothes. Like, maybe you should go through it. You haven't wore some of these in like three years. I'm going through it. I'm like, but I, I might wear this again. I know, right? Yeah, so they always suggest, um, you know, there's that book, The Tidying, The Cleaning Up Your Life, Tidying Your Life Up, and which I've never read, but I've spoken to so many women about it. And uh, so they've always said to me, you know, the thing that you need to do is take everything out, you know, take everything out of all of the closets and all of the dressers and all of the cabinets, and then look at everything as a whole and say, what do I need and what do I not need? Um, you know, it doesn't make sense to just say, okay, I'm going to look at just this closet because then you negotiate with yourself and you keep 10 things out of that closet. You move to the next closet and then you negotiate with yourself again and take 10 things out of that closet. Now you have 20, but if you put everything out in front of you and you're like, I'm only taking 10 things, then that negotiating with yourself and that whole, I might wear this later. I might use this later, but what about when it gets cold? You know, all of that is kind of off of the table now because you know, you are picking a certain amount of items and that's it. So that's how we did it. We put everything out in front of us and went through things item by item and uh, kept only what we loved and was most precious. So people are probably thinking like they're listening to this and they're like, you live on a sailboat. How is that possible? Like, how is that possible to live in that space? So tell us a little bit about that. Share with us, like, what is it like to live on a sailboat? Yeah, I had no idea what it was going to be like to live on a sailboat, uh, but I decided to take the leap and find out. And the only way to really find out is you gotta you gotta do it and you gotta try it. Um, I've my life motto has kind of always been you have to go there to know there, which is from the book Their Eyes Were Watching God. And I, like if I don't put myself in the situation, then I'm not gonna ever really know. So I said, okay, let's do it. So we moved on to the sailboat. And um, once we were there, I think the first week, it was really scary. I thought every, you know, blinking light or every little beeping sound or, you know, anything, I thought it was going to immediately sink the boat. So I was afraid. I, I was afraid to touch anything. I was afraid to move anything, adjust anything. Um, you know, every creak that I heard, you know, I would come to attention and think the boat is sinking. So I think the first week it took me some time to realize and learn, okay, this is what that beeping sound is. This is what that light is doing. This is what that rope is there for. And it's not sinking. And you do have the capability to learn this and, and feel comfortable in this space. And so that's what I did. I just went through the boat and let the boat teach me what it needs. And 
while I was learning what I need to be comfortable on the boat. And we figured it out together. <laughs> Speaking of learning, did you know anything about sailing before you like moved onto this boat? Absolutely zero about sailing. I knew nothing. Um, I grew up a ballerina, a little bun head with my hair in a bun and black leotard and pink tights and my ballet shoes. Uh, that was my life. So I knew nothing about it. I, you know, immediately when I thought, okay, we're going to be moving on to the sailboat. I need to learn how to sail. Um, so I signed up for classes. I sought out mentors. I found fantastic women that were willing to teach me, you know, how the wind works and how the water works and how the boat is going to react and the vocabulary of sailing. Um, I knew none of that. Um, it's funny, like I've lived by the water a good portion of my life, but it's just been water. You know, it's just been this mythical creature of like wonderfulness, but I never knew the science behind it. And now it's so much more magical to me and it's so much more powerful to me because in learning sailing, you learn you cannot control the elements. You can't control the wind and you can't control the tides, the currents, the waves, the power there. So you just have to learn how to harness it. You have to learn how to adjust and really let it work for you because um, otherwise it will, it will not work for you and potentially hurt you. So yeah, I, I love that because we so often think that we're in control here, right? Like we have the control and nothing can harm us, but nature is not in our control. We can't control no. it. We can't control the wind. We can't control the rain. I always tell my clients, I was like, figure out what you can control and change your mindset around the rest. Like if it's yes. raining, you can't do anything about it's raining, but you can change your mindset around rain. Maybe you can appreciate the fact that it's helping the flowers to grow or it's, my husband says it washes away all the pollen he's allergic to. So that makes him happy. <laughs> I love that. But it's about like appreciating those little things. And I love that, that that's something that you've learned. Now tell us a little bit about how do you eat? Like, well, you eat yeah. like a person, but like, <laughs> obviously you don't have a lot of room to go to the grocery store and stock up for a week. So what does that exactly. look like for you guys? Exactly. Uh, it, we have applied minimalism to every aspect of our life, to our clothing, to the way that we eat, to the things that we bring on and off the boat. It's not easy to bring things on and off a boat. So you only want to do that a few times, you know, cause you're jumping, you're jumping from land onto a boat. So we're very, you know, cognizant about what we're bringing onto the boat. We do have a refrigerator, so that allows us to have some, you know, vegetables that we can keep there and, you know, some, a little bit of milk. We buy smaller portions of things because we don't know how long it will stay fresh. Um, we usually go to the market every week so that we can buy new vegetables, um, new meats, um, stuff like that. And, um, we just take it really week by week and we think ahead. We're like, you know, well, what are we going to want to do, you know, this week as far as like the freshness that we're going to want in our life. And we try and grow things on our boat. It's funny, like being on water, I've had this like craving for a little bit of soil in my life. So we went out and bought, you know, planters and we have a tomato plant. We have basil and we have mint and we have lettuce and squash and cucumbers. And so those are the kind of things that we um, know that we have. And then we supplement in other ways. We have a grill and we have a stove. So we don't have a microwave or an oven. So that takes away, you know 
pizza and stuff like that. But we still, we love it. We eat far more fresh foods now. I was going to say, does that mean like you eat, it's easier for you to eat healthy on the bus? Yes, it is. It really is. I mean, and because you also don't have a ton of cupboard space, so you can't be stocking up right. on the Oreos and the chips and all that because exactly. you have to be very mindful of what am I going to put in this cupboard? Exactly. And another cool part is that we're living on water, so we can get crabs out of the water. We eat a lot of crab. We eat a lot of fish. Um, we're eating stuff that's coming organically from the water, and we love that. We love, you know, catching a, a nice fish at the end of the day and, and spritzing it with some lemon and throwing it on the grill uh, along with our lettuce and squash and stuff like that. So we get, to, we get to play more. Our food is far more physical. You know, my boyfriend goes out and spears the fish. So going out into the water and swimming and finding a fish and then spearing it for dinner, um, it, it's just you are far more connected connected to where the food comes from and how it ends up on your plate. So does that also mean that you are more like eco-friendly now because you're now eating yeah. the stuff that's in that water? Exactly. Exactly. So that's affected so many other things for us as well. Um, cleaning, cleaning material, like anything like any, we don't like to use paper towels anymore because, you know, where do they end up? We don't like to use plastic because plastic never goes away. It never goes away. You know, your toothbrush that you had when you were four years old is still somewhere. It's still probably floating in the ocean, which we may run into it one day, you know, and that's, we've kept all of these things in mind where it's like, you know, we want to be, we use bamboo products. We use products that are biodegradable. We use products that we're having to wash all of the time, um, which does use water, but we've limited our water um, usage as well because we have limited amount of water in our tanks. So all of these different things have started to come full circle for us. Things that I used to hear preached to me on land but I didn't understand it because, you know, water seems endless. Food yeah. seems endless, you know. But on a boat, that's not how it is. So it has affected everything. And the chemicals, we got rid of all of, like, cleaning, like, bleach, everything like that. We switched everything to organic uh, cleaning materials because we know that that's going to go straight into the water, which is going to go straight into the fish that we're later going to be eating for dinner. <sighs> Makes total sense. And I agree, like – we don't think about it because I always say this, people are in their own little bubbles. And if it doesn't affect your bubble, you don't think about it. You're not thinking about like, where is this going? What is happening with all of this stuff that we have? And, you know, sometimes it's so hard for me when I go to the store and I'm like, so should I get this like thing that is packed in like paper, but then it's killing a tree or should I get right. something packed in plastic, but probably not because that's killing the planet or should I get glass or... <laughs> <laughs> Should I get yeah. that? That might leach into my body. It's like, oh my gosh, so much noise in my head all the time. Yes. That's the kind of things that you, you know, somebody like me who in the last couple of years has been learning more and more about being eco-friendly and what affects our bodies. And of course, if it affects our bodies, it affects the planet and stuff like that, that it's becoming increasingly difficult. And you um, shared with me, and you've recently shared an article about this, and I will link it up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com, that you're even choosy about your sunscreen now. Yes, yes. Because as a redhead with fair skin and tons of freckles, I'm using sunscreen all of the time. I'm using it from the morning that I, from the second I pour my morning coffee all the way until I'm going to bed. So 
the sunscreen is really, I started to wonder, I started to wonder, you know, what is it that I'm putting on my skin at the massive amount that I'm using it now? Uh, you know, before living on a boat, I may have used it one or two times, you know, going out to go to the beach or on a long walk, but, but now I'm using it all the time. And so it made me curious. It made me wonder once my circumstances changed, I started asking different questions. And you got a little bit of flack for that uh, that post oh, I was following. You did. And I was just like, what? People can't let this go that she's sharing healthier sunscreens. And I think it's hard. I think it's really hard. Like you said, when you go into a store, our systems are not set up to really empower informed choices. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not set up that way. And um, also everybody's choices are going to look different because everybody's circumstances are different. And so understanding that, you know, we all have that power and we can all choose that our purchasing power, we can all choose, you know, what we're putting on our body and we can all choose what we're bringing into our homes. Yeah. And the environmental working group is my saving grace. I look up yeah. everything on that. So I have the healthy living app, which I scan like, or search my beauty products. So I always find the like best one I can. And I also on their website, looks up, look up their greener cleaners and try to keep it like at, at a more green cleaner than normal. And my husband thinks I'm out of my mind. He really does. He does not understand. He's also the guy that like I love his heart so much. He's such a nice man, but he's also the one that will go and eat Taco Bell. And I'm like horrified. I'm like, oh my right. God, it's not real food. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a hologram. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I try to be open-minded because I know like only like six years ago, I was that person that I didn't care right. when it went in my body. Cleaners, beauty products, food. Right. I, didn't, I didn't care. So it's kind of like opening your mind a little bit more. And that's what living on the boat's done for you. You were already open-minded and now it's even more. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But you shared like a really funny story with me about how difficult it can be to cook on a boat. So what happened to you? So in my process of learning how to do everything on a boat, um, I was having a really good day that particular day. I'm like, all right, Sheena, you're winning. Like the boat is still floating and you know, you've done, you did laundry hanging up and it was dried by the natural wind and you know, you're doing great here. And so I went to go make dinner and so we turned the girl on and we were making um, these chicken legs that evening uh, with some rice and vegetables. And so I take the little plate of, you know, chicken legs out to the grill, put them on the grill and close it up. Feeling great, feeling great. Going back and taking a sip of wine or doing whatever I'm doing. I come back out to check on them. I open it up and then plop, 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 plop. They all fell in the water. Every single one of them fell in the water. And I'm just staring down at the water like, no, how did that happen? Like, bring them back up, bring them back up. It's too late. So I just made a new rule for the boat. I'm like, no round foods. No more round foods. It's just too difficult. No peas, no corn, no chicken legs. But uh, we've had to find innovative ways to keep round things from rolling off. That's so funny. I love it. I laughed so hard the first time you told me that. <laughs> um, so what is the big vision for living on a boat for you guys? I want to hear, like, what, what are you guys hoping that's going to happen in the near or far future? 
Absolutely. So the boat is called Seas Life, um, and that's S-E-A-S. And we chose that name because um, when I met my boyfriend, one of our first conversations was about how we are living life to the fullest. And we have both made choices in our life to really make sure that we're doing that, whether that be pursuing our passion like ballet or whether that be, you know, going and living in the islands for a little while and trying to be a boat captain there, which he did successfully. So we've always tried to, you know, push our limits, learn more um, and really live out loud. And uh, so the boat we called Seize Life because we were like, now is another opportunity for us to really take hold of living bold again. And uh, that was the, our way of doing it. So we want to do some traveling. We're hoping that when it gets cold here around November to head south and then do some exploring. He really wants to go through the Panama Canal. I really want to take a ballet class in France. Um, we really want to go do some island hopping. Um, I want to study dance in every country that I can uh, and really just explore and and learn different cultures and just open our minds to new religions and foods and ideas and philosophies and really just discover while we can. I love that. You're speaking to my soul right now because I'm oh. just like, I love integrating myself in different cultures and, yes. and learning different things, whether I agree or disagree. And that's a, that's a whole nother right. topic. Like I posted on Facebook this I think it was last week where I was just like, whether you agree or disagree with somebody's opinions doesn't mean you have to be mean about it. Learn, you know, open right. your mind. And I love that you're saying that you want to go and immerse yourself in different cultures and, and learn different things. And you never know what you'll take from that. You know, you never right. know what you take. You might learn something brand new. So you're, you're an entrepreneur and you do work for um, a couple nonprofits. You're also a ballerina. You, you have a jack of all trades here. Do you find that what you do now um, allows you the freedom to be able to achieve these goals that you have for the boat? Absolutely. It's been um, a journey trying to figure out how do I balance everything that I'm doing in my life with also living on a boat because how do you run a business from a boat? And, you know, we had to figure things out. We had to figure out how to get Wi-Fi. We had to figure out, you know, kind of office hours because when you're living on a boat, it's easy to let the waves just rock you into this like really luxurious place of peacefulness. But then sometimes you have to work, you know, and finding that balance and working from the boat has been a challenge, I think, for both my boyfriend and I. But it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to work from a boat. I can't even tell you. It's made my creativity just go through the roof. It's made my inspiration go through the roof. It allows me to just springboard from a wonderful foundation um, into other people's lives, into creating and into producing. And I, I really appreciate that and am thankful to the, to the boat for, for that. <laughs> And when I'm immersed in nature, okay, I, growing up, I grew up on 50 acres of land for some people yeah. that lived in the, in the city that that's not even fathomable, but for me it was. And so then I moved to the city and I'm like, what is this? I don't have land. Uh, but that makes me more creative. When I can get in tune, I can just like 
either like go to the beach or go for a walk in the woods someplace and really get in touch, I can totally see that too. I get very creative yeah. as well. And it really helps. And it helps everybody's creativity, I think. Like it does. Part of it us are, Go ahead. <laughs> part of us are part of the land. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. And I love that, you know, while I'm working, I can hear the fish jumping. I love that I can hear the water hitting up against the boat. I love that I can hear the wind going through the mast of the sailboats around us. I mean, all of these things make me feel so much more connected and so much more powerful and present for any client that I'm working for, for any project, a writing project that I'm working on. Um, even if the dancer part of me, you know, I got to go out on the boat and do meditation and yoga today, this morning as the sun was coming up and you know, it's just great. It's great to feel in line. Um, and I can be a better person for whomever I'm working for if I'm in line. Oh, that's just sounds so dreamy and magical. I'm like, can I buy a boat now? I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just sell it and fit my whole family of six on a boat. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> my husband would lose it. He is not a nature dude. He is just like, oh, Megan, you have lost your mind. I'm like, oh, no, you don't realize when we have our forever home and you're out of the Navy, I'm going to have like 10 acres of land in the middle of the mountain. Right. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, you're losing it. But that's okay. That's the great thing about like relationships is opposites sometimes attract and it makes life a little interesting. Um, it sure does. <laughs> but fun. Are you and uh, your boyfriend also opposites? You know, it's funny. He, we're both firstborn children and we're both like, you know, type A and go-getters and super confident. And so sometimes that is great together. And then sometimes it like totally works against each other. But um, I absolutely love it because he is my balance when it comes to so many other things. And um, it's great. It's great to have my best friend living right next to me in such small quarters while we're trying to do such big things. And so I wouldn't, I can't imagine doing it with anyone else. That is so dreamy. Yeah. I love it. And, and my husband, he's very logical where I'm emotional and I'm extroverted right. and he's introverted. So where my extroverted heart just wants to go and be out with the world, <laughs> his introverted heart's like, we need to take care of these children um, right. <laughs> and stay inside. Um, so before we switch gears, cause you also have something really awesome that I want you to share as well. What is something that you would want everybody to know about, you know, sailing about living on a boat? Like, what do you want them to know? What do you want to leave them with? Yeah, I want people to be fearless. And the only way that you can be fearless is if you walk hand in hand with your fear, which sounds like that doesn't make any sense at all. But the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, the reason why I can walk forward and do these bold things is because I am very familiar with my fears. I know them well. Uh, we have a very intimate relationship because, you know, they're with me all the time. They're inside of my head telling me that I can't do this and that everything's going to go wrong and that I'm going to get hurt and everything's going to end up in, you know, a sinking death at the bottom of the ocean floor. You know, those kind of things are with me all the time. But being able to take my fear, hug it, say, you know, no, we're not going to do this. Like, I still love you, fear, and I know that your intentions are good for me, but I want you to walk forward with me on this adventure. And so they're never away from me. Um, all of my fears are with me every step of the way. And, and that is the thing about with everything in life. You're going to be scared. 
you're going to be scared. It's going to try and convince you that you're not powerful. It's going to try and convince you that you're not smart. Um, but just hug it, show it so much love, show your fear so much love and say, just walk with me. Just ask, just walk with me. Yes. I love that. And you know what? There's no way to build up resilience unless you actually do that. If you just, you know, spend your time like running away from your fears and like, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to experience anger or hurt or frustration or mistakes or failure. You can't build up that resilience you need for life. Right. So I, we're going to switch gears because you have this fantastic thing called well women and then I'm speaking in your September um one of your September meetings so I'm really excited about that but yeah. I've been following well women for a while and I would really like you to share like what was the inspiration because when you shared the story with me last time we tried to do this it was I was like what that's amazing I love talking about this <laughs> um it's my life's work it's my life's passion uh, I when I was around 28 years old I was super alone and very depressed. I had just gotten out of a relationship and I was looking around me and I saw that everybody else was, you know, married or engaged. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I immediately turned against myself. I immediately told myself I'm not worthy. Um, something's wrong with me. Uh, and I couldn't figure out why I was doing that to myself. But um, and I realized that as humans, we all have this inclination to feel alone. It's going to be our first go-to. You know, we're going to turn against ourselves first. And um, so here I was, 28 years old, totally against myself. And I said, Sheena, stop. Like, you're just going to throw a party. You're going to go buy a lot of wine and a lot of cheese. And you're going to invite five of your girlfriends. And you're just going to come sit in your house and you're just going to talk about what's working in life and what's not working in life. So I sent out the invitation to my five girlfriends and at the bottom of the invitation, I said, Hey, bring somebody if you want, bring a girlfriend, bring a sister, a sister-in-law, just bring somebody if you want. I thought no one was going to come. You know, the voices in my head were telling me, Sheena, the reason why you're alone is valid because you know, you're just alone. No one wants to hang out with you. They're too busy. Their lives are great. Their lives are perfect. Um, they have children. They have families. They're good. Careers, all these things. So I went out and I still bought lots of wine and cheese because I figured, hey, I can take care of it on my own if I need to. Um, the day came, I went and bought one sunflower and I put it outside on the outside of my little fence and I waited. And then I heard a knock on my door and then another knock. And then another knock. And the next thing I knew, the five women that I had invited went out and invited more women who wanted to come. And I had 25 women sitting in a circle on my floor with wine and cheese. And we were just talking about in our lives what was working and what wasn't working. We stayed there for hours just in you know, community with each other. And I realized that something was special here. Something was powerful here and I needed to take notice. Uh, and so after that first meeting, which happened in April of last year, I realized that um, this is something that I'd like to make a business, which is the replenishment of women. And I have a fabulous business partner, Jessica Biedenbaugh, who is phenomenal at what she does. Um, she's really good at just advising 
careers and executive directors, and she's also just wonderful. So together, we, we really try and focus on the wellness and replenishment and nourishment of women. Okay, so there's another part of the story or part of our discussion before that you told me why it's called Well Women. Yes. Wonderful. So when I thought about what I wanted to call this new business that I wanted to start, um, I thought about, I pulled up, recalled the memory of being alone and how awful that feels. And I, I thought to myself, that, that feels very broken. That feels dehydrated. It feels burned out. It feels empty. Um, it feels isolating. And um, I said, how do you fix that? And I just kept having this image of a woman that is exasperated, like there's nothing left of her. And she's basically dragging herself to this well where she takes her hands and she cups her hands and holds some water in front of her face and just takes a sip of the water from the well. And I said, that's what I want to call it. I want to call it well, because you can always return to the well for replenishment, nourishment, hydration, friendship, community, confidence. You can always return to the well. It's something that exists in all of us all the time, and all you have to do is visit it. And then you can visit it together with a girlfriend and, and in community. And it's just, to me, it was something so intimate and so special and so available. Ah, uh, see, this sounds dreamy too. I love this because <laughs> there's something really powerful when women come together. And that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of, you know, everything behind my podcast and the community and everything like that, that. I feel like as a women, a lot of times we struggle with this sense of being alone and we're so scared to put ourselves out there because it's scary and we've been hurt before, we've been burnt before and you know, we think that it, we'd be much better off if we just stay to ourselves and we deal with this loneliness instead of going out and getting hurt yet again by somebody else and you have created this community of women who can meet other women that are in the same need, the same boat, who need their wealth, you know, need to cup their hands and get something out of the well and to have their hearts filled up and their souls filled up and feel good. And you're teaching things, not only are like in each meeting and workshop, are you teaching something really relevant to our lives, but you're also forming this sense of community that women can come together and make new friends. And I would love, like, what is some of the feedback you've gotten from women about these, these workshops? Absolutely. We have seen so many women take the friendships that they've developed or discovered at well and extend that into their lives. You know, they are reaching out to go and have coffee together. They are going and getting wine together. They are doing business together. You know, one of them met another woman who happened to be a personal trainer. And so now they work together every week as a, you know, their personal trainer. And it's wonderful to see that friendship grow while they're both getting healthy. They're both getting what they need, you know, and there's economic exchanges, there's emotional exchanges, there's all of these things that we see happening on so many different levels. It's a network, a powerful, powerful network that we see branching out um, in so many different ways. And I, and I just love to hear the stories of women say, I met a great woman through Well, I learned wonderful things from Well, and now my life is different. It's changed. That's amazing. 
That must make your heart like burst right out of your chest. Yeah, right it makes me want to cry right now, even thinking about it. It just, it gives me goosebumps, you know, when I see it, I, I see it digitally, you know, via Instagram or Facebook. And then I see it in real life. You know, I'll run into two women at a, you know, restaurant and, you know, they didn't know each other before. And I think one of the things that we hear a lot is women say, I don't know how to make adult women friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I see them in the grocery store. We're both buying grapes and I look at her and think we could probably be friends. But you know, when you're standing over buying grapes, that's not the time to be like, I want to be your friend because I'm having a hard time in life right now. You know, so how do you develop those friendships? How do you develop those, you know, that trust, that deep level trust and making that happen where it didn't exist before. So we see that all the time. And I, um, I can't, I can't love it more than I do. No. Oh, I love that. And, and we talked about this on episode 28. I had uh, Shasta Nelson, who is a friendship expert. She wrote, um, friendships just don't happen in frontimacy. And in both of her books and on the podcast, she talks about the struggle that women have as adults. And we wonder like, why when we were kids did we have all these friends? Well, because we constantly saw other kids and, and it takes that consistency. Yeah. But as women, we're busy with, you know, families or social lives or whatever we're not like that consistency is not happening and it's hard to go up to somebody and be like hi my name's Megan can we be friends <laughs> right. at some point when you're growing up it's like you get convinced that investing in yourself and your happiness is not what you're supposed to be doing and you start feeling like this fraud you start feeling guilty for investing in yourself or giving yourself time and you know that's not that's not right or fair. And that is really, in my opinion, you know, if an employer makes you feel like that, if a relationship makes you feel like that, if a friendship makes you feel like that, if, you know, any kind of relationship in your life is making you feel like a fraud, that's a, that's a crime. You know, that's not fair. That's not right. And it's just, it's awful that we're so easily convinced that we are not worth it. Yes. I love it. So what is the big vision for Well Women in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we want to go move digital. Uh, we want to be able to have different cities having Well Women, you know, like Well well RVA, you know, Well Houston, like Well Los Angeles, and just have a collective of women that are there working on their goals and their ground level, you know, their grassroots level to really make powerful connections. But, you know, these talks that we give, like it's like a TED talk. So a woman speaker will stand up and talk about her life experience and, and what she learned. And then each attendee of a talk gets a worksheet and they apply what they learned to their own individual lives. We want to be able to put all of those online so that you can access a portal and download whatever inspiring talk you feel like is going to affect your life and be able to connect you with more women and really just be able to make it a fingerprint of your own hometown, but also accessible to women all over. So that's what our dream is. We're also moving into one-on-one -on -one life coaching, both wellness and executive and career, um, and just really trying to find ways to lift up women in, in as many ways as we can. Yes. And so people should definitely follow Well Women, even if they don't live in the Hampton Roads area, because this is the future of Well Women. And you don't want to miss out when it comes to your city or when there's an opportunity to bring it to your city or when the, that online portal is available and then you can get on it and learn from all these amazing women. You don't want to miss out on it. So everybody needs to, and I'm going to make sure like 
everything's linked up in the inspired uh, women podcast.com under the show notes for this episode. So we're running out of time. If there is something that you want to leave the audience with, it could be about anything that we've talked about. What would you like to leave them with? Yes. Well, I want to share a story with you. um, If you don't mind, it's a story that's really stuck with me. And it's a story that kind of changed the way that I walk through this world and um, with the businesses I create and the relationships that I have. And it's actually about a a story that's told by Rachel Naomi Remen. And she's a wise, wise woman and a integrative integrative, um, physician. So she does different types of medicine. And uh, this is her story. So I want to just read it for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, she says, this was my 40th present from her grandfather and he was Hasidic Jewish. And she said, in the beginning, there was only the holy darkness, the source of life in the course of history at a moment in time, this world and the world of thousands of thousands of things emerged from the heart of the holy darkness as a great ray of light. And then there was an accident and the vessels containing the light of the world and the wholeness of the world broke. The wholeness of the world, the light of the world, was scattered into thousand, thousand fragments of light, and they fell into all events and all people where they remain deeply hidden until this very day. Now, according to my grandfather, she says, the whole human race is responsible to this accident, and we are a response to this accident. We are here because we are born with a capacity to find hidden light in all events and all people to lift it up and make it visible once again and hereby restore the innate wholeness of the world. It's very important story for our times. This task is called Takun Ulam in Hebrew. It's the restoration of the world. And this is, of course, a collective task. It involves all people who have ever been born, all people presently alive, all people yet to be born. We are all healers of the world. That story opens a sense of possibility. It's not about the healing, healing the world by making a huge difference. It's about healing the world that touches you, that's around you. Oh I my gosh. That story. <laughs> that is an amazing story. I'm so happy that you shared that because it's yes. something that I have been in a war, I guess, against is, is all of this hate and hurtfulness that is going around in the world. And I said, you know what, if we all could just be more loving and kind and empathetic and compassionate, we yes. could heal the world together, but we're so busy trying to like tear each other apart and see each other as competition. And, you know, all of this nonsense that there's room for all of us on this planet. Like there's yeah. room for all of us to thrive and survive and, you know, enjoy our lives that we think that we have the scarcity of like, but if they have that, then I can't have that. And yes. you know, that, that story right there shows you that we, we all can have it. Yeah. And I love the idea that the light was fragmented and there's hidden light beams in every single person and in every single event. And it's our job. It's our duty to find these light beams in all of the different people and all the different events. And, and that's the task. That's the restoration of the world. That's the key. Yes. And, and I feel like you and I are doing our part in that, <laughs> trying to allow yeah, that because um, you're allowing women to heal and in helping them. When women feel good, when women feel good about themselves, they're healthier, they're happier, their light shines brighter. Yes. 
It just does. So if they're uh, wrapping this up, if there's like one thing that you would like to leave everybody with, um, besides the story, which I'm so happy yeah. that you shared. Cause that was amazing. I'm like, my heart was just like, yes, yeah, speak to me now. Um, what would you like them to know? Um, I think I want women to know that they are capable and worthy and bold and beautiful and they can go out there and find the light beams in other people and in themselves and in their children and in their challenges and be fearless on that path. And when you're scared, don't worry. It's okay to be scared. There's people out there to walk with you. I love that. Thank you so much, Sheena, for not only coming on one time, but coming on two times. I loved it both times. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.